Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as we begin today, I need your help in opening this sermon. I need your help in coming up with the the relevant imagery. So I want you to take a moment, a few deep breaths, and carefully draw to mind the most evil thing you can imagine. Your best evidence that evil is alive and rampant in our world. What did you think of? Are you thinking of George Floyd's murder? Are you thinking of school shootings, domestic violence, human trafficking? Are you thinking of a sinister virus that has turned the whole world upside down? Or maybe you're thinking of stories closer to home Stories of abuse or brokenness in your own neighborhood or family. Maybe you even imagined evil thoughts, desires, and actions in your own life that you've committed. Why does such evil persist? How did it get here in the first place? What are we going to do about it? These are the relevant images that we have in mind when Jesus speaks to us from Matthew chapter 13 today. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came to him and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in the gathering of the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Indeed, the world is a weedy place. As I said before, we need not look far to know that's true. I don't suppose anyone has ever experienced the world as a weedy place at times. I don't suppose anyone listening this morning has seen evil growing in an otherwise good world. Exactly, right? We all have. We have all seen firsthand the wheat problem, or excuse me, the weed problem in this wheat field. Every day people are killed. Every day people are injured. Every day people are abused and taken advantage of and exploited. Theft, corruption, injustice, foolishness, and worse abound in this world. 
God made it good, and somehow Satan has managed to corrupt that perfectly good field with weeds. So what, what do we do, right? We should probably start weeding, right? Let's get to work, turning injustice into justice, making the bad stuff of this world good, making sin into righteousness, right? That's our call as God's people. But not so fast, says Jesus, with this parable, right? He says, wait. Wait. And, and that, with that one word, Jesus surprises us. Right? I was with Jesus when we were wondering about evil in this world. He made perfect sense when he compared the world to a field that was made wonderful for wheat production, right? And then it had weeds planted in it by the evil one, right? So let's get out there and pick, start picking weeds, right? That's, that's what I want Jesus to say. Get the junk out of my field. Purge the world of corruption, greed, hatred, racism, violence. But Jesus here seems to tell us to wait. Because Jesus says you don't know as much about weeds as you think. It's not always so easy to tell the weeds from the wheat. And weeds tend to wrap themselves around the root of the wheat too. And if you start rooting out all that evil in the world, you're going to rip up a lot of good too. Okay, okay, I guess that makes sense. It'd be a shame to uproot all that good in a hasty attempt to root out evil. Be patient. I got it, Jesus. Keep working for good where God gives us authority. But let God sort out the bad from the evil in the end. But then Jesus kind of muddies the water. Right after this parable about the weeds and the wheat, Jesus tells two, two more parables about mustard and yeast. And these parables are quite a bit different from the parable about the wheat. Listen as I read here from Matthew 13 again. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone sowed in a field, says Jesus. Wait, what? <laughs> what kind of field is this? Not a wheat field, I hope. Did Jesus just compare the kingdom of heaven to someone sowing an invasive weed in another person's field? Did Jesus really just compare the kingdom of heaven to someone doing the very thing that was supposed to be evil in the previous parable? Can, can Jesus do that? My head's starting to hurt, right? I want to use this parable of the mustard seed to talk about the power of little things like faith and love, but I can't help but notice that Jesus is really comparing the kingdom of heaven to a weed, and not just a little weed either, a huge, out-of-control weed. And when it gets all out of control and huge, it provides shelter to birds. Sometimes in an attempt 
to provide a place of love and welcome to all kinds of people, the kingdom of heaven might look more like weeds than wheat, depending on your perspective. But Jesus isn't done either. Just for good measure, uh, no pun intended, Jesus tells this other parable, right? You've got to think like Jesus' Jewish audience to get the jab in this one. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened, right? And again, I, I want this to be about the power of a little good to transform the world, but I think there's more complexity to this image here. To me, leaven is great. It makes bread fluffy, and I like f- fluffy bread, but Jews are required to remove leaven from their homes during Passover. And having it all mixed in with about 40 pounds of flour is an odd practice. And it's going to force this household to get rid of a lot of flour to get their house ready for Passover. So, so is leaven in this story an invisible power of good? Or is it an invasive, corrupting power? I suppose it depends on your perspective. Sometimes the change that God calls us to is uncomfortable, and once it's been made, it can't be undone. Now, why does Jesus do things like this? Why does Jesus take a perfectly good parable about patience in the face of evil and insert these other parables that muddy the waters? Well, I can't be sure exactly. That, that's an honest answer, right? Nowhere in my job descriptions does it say that I have to understand perfectly all the inner thoughts of Jesus. And I don't, full disclosure. But today it feels like we should read these parables with humility. Yes, there is evil in the world. Yes, we should be working for justice and peace and change all that stuff, but we should also be humble. We should also be patient. Because as I said before, we might not know as much about the difference between weeds and wheat as we think. The church, right, this mystical body of people called to follow Christ, is it the gathering of the faithful, the righteous, the body of Christ, or is it the gathering of misfits and sinners, a gathering of the broken and the lost, a gathering of people, not just with a capacity for evil, but with evil woven right into the layers of our lives? Which one is it? It's both. At the same time, we are the faithful, we are the righteous, we are the wheat, but we are the weeds too. And a lot of days it, it, it just isn't as hard, it isn't as easy to tell which is which as you might think. And so we carry on as God's people, gathering in whatever way we can around God's word, struggling to be God's people, confident that God will sort it all out. The kingdom of heaven is like a group of sinners gathered in whatever way we can during the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020. Prayerful about our world, our nation, our community, our congregation. Prayerful about ourselves too. Confident that evil exists. Confident that we've been called to do something about it. But also confident that that God has called us to be gracious with one another and ourselves too. Confident 
that we too are broken people in need of God's grace, and perhaps most of all, confident that we honestly have no idea what we're doing and whether we're fixing the problem of evil or making it worse. No, I I changed my mind. This is the one we're most confident of. Confident as well that because God is mighty and powerful and fully in charge of the world, that he can transform us and transform the world through us too. And that in the end, God's love and faithfulness by the power of Jesus Christ will win. Let it be so. Let anyone with ears to hear, listen. Amen.